0: Welcome to the Indian Prairie Podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Giovanni, Director of Innovation.
1: And Candy Michelli, Director of Professional Learning.
0: Joining us today, we have invited Gina Getting and Sarah Nowak from Welch Elementary School to provide us with some insights on elementary school. Welcome, Gina and Sarah. Will you please introduce yourselves?
2: Hi, I'm Sarah Nowak. I am the principal of Welch Elementary. I'm finishing up my fifth year at Welch and proud to be a Welch White Tiger. I'm Gina Gatting, the student services coordinator um, at Welch, and I have been there since it
3: opened in 1999. Um, I'm a little, that's that's a lot of years to be sharing right now, but <laughs> been in education a long time. <laughs>
1: Well, we appreciate you both being here. And let's get the conversation started. Um, To say it's um, been quite a year is um, an underestimate Mm -hmm. of of what we've been um, going through since the beginning of the pandemic. To kind of honor all those changes that have occurred in education, can you share the evolution of instruction from March 2020 to April 2021?
3: Yeah, I don't know that I call it an evolution. It's more kind of like this whiplash that happened. Um, Evolution is a gradual change. This was radical drastic change from group collaborative work to remote instruction and it took time and teaching to make that platform work um, in a manner that keeps kids connected and engaged. Uh, motivation and engagement is a lot harder over screen and we've had to learn to pick and choose battles, um, engagement and motivation comes first. You can have amazing lessons and content, but without engagement, uh, it doesn't mean anything.
0: So if you guys were to think back to the beginning of March of last year, what's one thing that you Mm -hmm. would have told yourself in preparation for the next uh, 12 to 18 months? Oh God gosh,
3: take, take <laughs> things one day at a time because <laughs> they're going to yeah. constantly change. You know, like flexibility is key to getting through this. Mm-hmm. Um, um, it, it's an interesting question because I think we've talked about this uh, around the dinner table with our families too. And it, mm-hmm. when I talk to my kids about it, like I have two middle schoolers and one of them immediately said, don't take advantage of the freedom, you know? <laughs> There's still yeah. accountability. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and one said, I, I have a kiddo who has some attention challenges and he wished he would have known some of the strategies that he learned on how to stay engaged earlier um in the pandemic. Like he learned mm-hmm. how to doodle what the teachers were saying to stay engaged and things like that. And and he wished he would have known that earlier. And my husband is an eighth grade teacher and and he says, you just have to be ready for change all the time. You can't try to control everything, which is really hard. Um, just to focus on the connection with kids and anything beyond that is bonus. And and I would say that letting go of control mm-hmm. was key for me and learning to be flexible and just knowing it's going to change again and it's going to be okay. <laughs> you
2: know. Yeah. We had the same conversations around our dinner table and so much of the beginning of the pandemic was focused on what we couldn't do and what we were missing. And, uh, you know, in in recent reflection and conversations, we talked about instead of focusing on what we're missing, focusing on what we've gained. And we've gained um, so much time together as a family, more appreciation of our health, um, little things like seeing friends and and being able to have face to face conversations and give each other hugs. Um, My girls talked about, you know, seeing friends and the things at school that they would have taken for granted are now a huge deal for them. Um, And much like Gina said, my little one, um, both of the girls did really well in the remote, the remote setting or the hybrid setting, but my little one has always been a little bit more um, quiet and reserved. And this really forced her out of her comfort, out of her shell. It forced her to speak up and advocate for herself and figure out what she needs instead of kind of going with the flow. She had to figure it out as a nine-year-old. And so she's really flourished um, because of it. So I think that um, while they were hard lessons, they were valuable for all of us.
1: I think that's something that we all have in common that we have some school aged children and have experienced this, um, you know, personally, um, from the professional angle as you were welcoming, welcoming students back into the school setting. um, What did that look like? How did that feel? What was what was buzzing throughout Welch Elementary School?
3: Nervous Mm. excitement. (laughs) You know, I think it was really emotional to see kids again. Nobody goes into elementary education to teach on a screen. And, um, it's so much about mm-hmm. the connections that to see the kids again was like being reminded why you got into this depression in the first place. And there, there mm-hmm. were definitely happy tears as those kids were entering the building. And as the buses were pulling up, I remember getting all like choked up, mm-hmm. but there's this tremendous amount of nervous energy. Cause it's a huge responsibility to ensure this many kids safety and wanting to ensure mm-hmm. you're doing everything right by them.
2: It's our nature as educators to want to do everything for everyone and do it perfectly um, while trying to make sure that you're providing the same opportunities for our kids that are in-person and our kids that are remote. Um, we spent you know, the, the first semester of the year planning for and talking about all the what ifs. And, and as Gina said, you, you get so caught up in the what ifs and the procedural pieces and it was a lot of, of nervousness and a lot of fear. Um, but once the kids come, like you kind of have a, a breath of relief, um, because they're the reason that we're doing all this. So to see them in the hallways, to hear their laughter, um, it, it makes it all worthwhile. Um, I think there was also a just a huge feeling of responsibility. And obviously, as educators and administrators, we feel that responsibility every single day. We've got six hundred families that are entrusting their most prized, you know, people with us. Um, but now we add on so many risks and changes that it's it's really hard to kind of prepare for and think about all the what if scenarios. Um, And just making sure that that we have a plan and and provide grace and know that we're acting with love and we're doing everything we can to make sure that the kids and the families and that the teachers feel safe and happy.
0: That's amazing. And and you guys hit on the head. We are talking a lot about logistics and what ifs and just making Mm -hmm. sure we keep people safe. And we wanted to ask this next question intentionally, just what can we celebrate Mm -hmm. over the past year? Because our administration, our teachers, our buildings, Mm -hmm. our custodians, everyone, our students, our families have done so many things in amazing ways. What can we celebrate?
3: I think that focus on relationships and the connections that we've been able to make with colleagues and and peers. This is definitely another, um, that dinnertime conversation with the family again. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my family I said they wanted to keep that increased time that we had with family and that slower pace of our personal lives. You know, when we're not kind of running around and, and letting the schedule kind of drive us, uh, it's been so nice outside of school to be able to slow the pace down, slow the running around, enjoy new hobbies, connect with each other. Um, and I think when I look at the schools too, just realizing so much of that importance of the connection with each other and with the students,
2: I'm really hoping it will Stick around. I would second what Gina said and really just celebrating the people and the relationships that we have with our families, with our students, with our colleagues. Um, Although it was such a challenging time last spring, one of my favorite things that we did as a staff is that we came together several times a week and we would have coffee via Zoom um, or we would celebrate on a Friday afternoon and just kind of talk about our week talk about plans for the weekend, which at that point there weren't really any. So we were sharing, you know, books and TV shows and and different ideas just to keep us um, busy and entertained. Um, But definitely that that time with family, the balance, Um, I think everyone in education often finds that there's not always that balance between home and work. And so this forced a little bit more of a balance and forced us all to kind of stop and Take a breath and and have that time so that we can feel like we're successful in all arenas. And ultimately, I think that all of us, kids and adults, have have learned a lot about self advocacy and speaking out on what they what they need. Um, learning that they can do hard things. I definitely agree with the self-advocacy piece. I think a
3: part of our role is problem solvers in a building. So we identify the problem and we try to try to solve it. And there are so many things that kids gained in this and too much of the outside focus is what have they missed? What have they lost? But they've gained a lot of really incredible things. And that self-advocacy piece is one of the biggest that I see that I would say Mm -hmm. before Um, this pandemic, we were really starting to kind of see deficit areas and that kids didn't know how to self-advocate for themselves. They were always waiting to be rescued. And now they have really learned how to use their voice, how to Um, self-advocate. I've seen it with my own kids. I've seen it with the kids at Welch, Mm
0: -hmm. that there
3: are really some things that they're coming out much more resilient. Those kinds of skills are going to take them our life skills that are going to, you're going to
2: take with them for their whole life too. Absolutely. One more thing I was thinking of is um, I feel like this has provided families with the opportunity really to see inside our classrooms and see what, what a day looks like. And although it's not typical, it does look different, you know, than like when I went to school. Um, And even though I'm in a school every day, it's always interesting and fascinating and eye-opening to sit and listen to my girls' teachers teaching them and just listening to the interactions and all of the different technology that's available. And I think that that's been beneficial. I think it has deepened and strengthened the relationship and the connection between home and school. You know, I, I know, especially in 204, there's always that appreciation and those relationships are always there. But it's definitely strengthened strengthen those and although it has been challenging at times and there's been frustration that that's how we grow and those things are okay cuz we we have come out better and stronger all of us.
1: We were in Gina was in a meeting with me the other day and we were talking about some of the same topics and so I I think Gina might have been in my group so if you were there um you can maybe recall this but someone made the comment of Um, we may not recognize it right now, but as being in, being in like a, almost a traumatic event, sometimes it brings people together. And so people may not be noticing that right now, but what I'm hearing from you is that you really have found a lot of those, a lot of times and opportunities to be with your staff, be with your students and celebrate some of those things and families Mm -hmm. too. So I think that's, it's wonderful that you're able to see that now. And hopefully it's something that we can kind of hang on to, um, as we move into next Mm -hmm. year as well. Um, I'm hearing a lot of wonderful things that happen at Welch. What is the one thing that you're most proud of?
3: Well, I think we definitely appreciate those opportunities to be together that we took for granted before. Um, Mm -hmm. but it, it, I was just talking actually with Sarah about this too. I, I, think I'm most proud of how our team has stayed kid focused um, even when I know they're overwhelmed with their workload, they stay true to what's best for kids and keeping that focus on all of our discussions and decisions. Um, I got really emotional at a meeting the other day after when I got off the meeting because I was I was just so impressed with the team um, when what was coming at them was a lot more work for them, but they never even wavered and they just kept going kid by kid and what is best mm-hmm. for the child. so I think I'm, I'm so proud of the team and how they continue to keep kids at the forefront of every decision um, instead of being overwhelmed by what's being asked of them.
2: And I'm most proud of our community. i'm I'm proud of how we have struggled together, we have problem solved together and we've overcome together. Um, we have we've persevered, I think through this. trust has deepened, relationships are stronger. We have rallied to make sure that people have their basic needs met, that people are having their social emotional needs met and that they feel loved and, and part of that Welch community. It's definitely a collaborative relationship and a trusting relationship. And that's that's what I'm most proud of. Through the struggles, we've definitely triumphed.
0: That's amazing. And so as we kind of ask our last question for our episode today, what's next?
3: Hopefully a summer where our, where our staff can practice a little self-care and recoup some of that energy that's going to be needed as we start planning for the fall. Uh, but come fall, I think we continue to adapt our instruction to the needs of our learners. We differentiate for the vast array of abilities, both academic and social-emotional, that are going to be coming back into the buildings. Uh, we're going to figure out how we're going to meet students where they're at. Um, what mm-hmm. teachers I've done now is honestly, truly incredible. Um, so I know that we'll rise to the occasion again and continue to do the hard
2: work and just show up for kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As Gina said, we, we can't focus on the gap filling. There's such a fear out there about how much kids have missed and how much they're, they're lacking, but it's important to, to take into account that, that we're all in it together. So it's not a handful or a pocket of our students that have, have missed this. Everyone has missed opportunities and and learning. So it's really not about that gap feeling filling, but meeting the kids where they are um, and helping them grow from there. Um, I think our our instruction is going to continue to evolve, evolve. It's going to look different for the next several years to um kind of take what we've learned from the pandemic and and help kids can- kids get to a place that they need to be. But um, as we said before, it's not something that we can um, fix instantly. It's not something that we can or should be, um, you know, stressing about. Um, we're all worried about it, but we are going to do what's best for kids, and we'll make sure that they they leave where they where they should.
1: Well, thank you, Gina and Sarah. It was certainly great to hear all the things that you had to share about the positive things that are happening at Welch Elementary School. But it's also nice to know that um, we can recognize that a lot of these experiences are occurring across all our elementary schools in 204. So we appreciate you and your time today.
2: Thank you for giving us this opportunity. Thanks for having us.
1: We would like to thank Gina and Sarah for their time today. Their positive outlook was great to hear as they found many ways to celebrate the successes, even though it's been such a challenging year. We would like to thank members of our curriculum instruction team for their leadership on this topic and extend a special thank you to members of our communications department, Janet Guglio and Clayton Urbanik for making the podcast happen. If you have any further questions, please email your questions to curriculum at ipsd.org. We thank you for your time today and hope you enjoyed being part of the
2: conversation.